0: Welcome to another edition of Culture Class Podcast, a uh, podcast where we get to talk to interesting people from different backgrounds, uh, get to learn about other cultures, and kind of uh, see what's going on with people from other parts of the world or people with different experiences. Uh, my name is Nusa Yari and today we have another guest on the podcast. Welcome, Ty.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. I um, appreciate having this opportunity to share my testimony, and I'm happy that I can
0: share this on this platform. Great, great, and I really appreciate you coming because you're coming straight from a game, and that's something we're, we're definitely going to get into in the podcast, but I appreciate you coming. Um, we're supposed to record, and you were coaching a game or playing a game? I was playing flag football, um, so the game started late, so I wanted to
1: make sure that I was being part of your time as well um, and got here as soon as possible. Definitely was looking forward to it, and I'm
0: happy that I could be here. So Ty is out Assume that's short form for something else. So, my full name is Ty Day. So, I like to
1: tell people a Sade with a T. Um, Sade with a T. Sade with a T. But I've been playing sports since forever, and uh, most people call me Ty. So, the sports industry and just more so most people, um, they refer to me as Ty.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Tade, that sounds like a Nigerian name. So most of my listeners know that I'm Nigerian, okay. but it sounds like Shade, which is like a name from southwestern Nigeria, which yeah, is right. actually the name for the musician. Yes.
1: But it that, has an yes. H yeah,
0: Shade. So that's t- interesting. I didn't know that I had a
1: Nigerian kind of twist to it. So I'm actually Kenyan. Um, so that's interesting
0: to hear that. So that's good to know. Gotcha. Gotcha. And it's funny you say that I had a friend from Kenya also a couple of episodes ago in fanse. What part of Kenya are you from, and um, how did you come to the U.S.? Give us your backstory.
1: majority of my family is from Nairobi. Um, I do have family that's kind of spread out throughout the country in itself, but the majority of everyone is in Nairobi. And I was actually born and raised in New Jersey. Um, Grew up there, spent most of my life there. Um, It wasn't until about 10 years ago when I came to the University of D.C. to attend college on a basketball scholarship when I came to Washington, D.C., and um, after graduating, just decided to stay in the district. Um, but after that, um, I wanted to make an effort to make sure that I got back home to Kenya every year. So um, I do make an effort to travel to Kenya every December with my family and also to host my basketball events out there as well.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. And that's it's good that, you know, you go back home and in your own little way, uh, giving back. Uh, but let's talk about basketball for a little bit. I know... More or less, your whole life centers around basketball. I mean, you went to the University of D.C. on a basketball scholarship, but how exactly did you get into the game, and when was the first time you experienced a game of basketball, and what made you attracted? I want to say nowadays, you look at it where kids are starting
1: at such a young age, you know, four years old, five years old. For me, I was a little bit of a late bloomer. Uh, I wouldn't say until maybe about sixth grade when I really got indulged and involved in the sport, Uh, but I've grown to love it. Um, so just kind of like most African families, or you know, kids just in general, you know, soccer is typically their first sport. Um, so that was actually originally the first sport that I started with. And um, tapped into basketball. I believe it may have been my dad which was just like, you know, hey, let's give this a try. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm very thankful to have parents that allowed me to expand my horizons and kind of dabble into different activities. And basketball was one of them. And um, it's pretty much love at first sight. I'm still involved with basketball today. Still love the sport in itself, and it brings me a lot of joy um, just being around the game.
0: Gotcha. So if I understand what you said, it was kind of like one of those after-school programs I just did. I just fell in love with it. But your dad supported it.
1: Parents have always been supportive since day one. Um, still today, when I host my basketball events, my parents are there whether it's locally here in D.C. or whether it's internationally in Kenya, mm-hmm. they don't miss a beat, and um, I'm definitely grateful for my foundation and my support system within them. Um, but, yeah, it was one of those things. I just kind of had a, a natural instinct um, just playing sports. I played several sports, basketball, soccer, tennis. I ran track. I was just kind of like that all-around athlete, but out of all of them, basketball was where my heart was at. So um, it's actually funny because – had so many offers to play Division One soccer. Really, um, and I had opportunities to play Division One, Division Two basketball, um, but soccer was that stronghold. That's actually what I was better at.
0: What What schools gave you offers for Division One soccer?
1: Uh, Drexel, High Point,
0: Philly. Um, hmm.
1: But other schools, uh, Michigan. Uh, well,
0: that's a good sporting school.
1: It, it, it was a vast majority of kind of your mid-level to low Division one schools. And, um, you know, grateful for the opportunity. I attended, you know, JMU was interested in me, George Mason. Um, went to their camp, you know, wow. showcased my skills. And it wasn't until last
0: minute. wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> you must have been a star <laughs> in high school <laughs> for all these colleges to be, like, uh, trying to recruit you. I, you know, so
1: actually, last year I was inducted into my high school's Hall of Fame
0: because
1: um, oh, I was that all-around athlete. You know, hey. I, I received a lot of varsity letters um, playing in high school, and, you know, I'm just very thankful. I, I was skillful, so I had options. And, um, you know, like I said, you know, I kind of went that route where I was pursuing soccer so heavy. And when, most of it was because of my dad. You know, he really pushed soccer. Like, that was his sports. You know, he played soccer back in Kenya. He played rugby. He was an all-star there. And, you know, very, it was the last minute. And I was just like, you know, what that, you know, basketball is where my heart is. UDC is in a city. You know, there's a lot of opportunities out there. They're offering me money. You know, let me just go here. Let me just see what happens. And, you know, I'm very, I don't regret my decision. I'm very happy
0: that I'm, I'm still here in D.C. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. I mean, it's really interesting. I'm particularly interested in your dad because, um, like, I don't know about, Kenya. Uh, first, let me ask: like, did your dad grow up in the U.S. or he like lived most of his life in Kenya and moved out here later?
1: So actually, my dad was born and raised in Ohio, gotcha. but um, quickly moved back to Kenya with his family. So he actually spent his entire childhood up until he was getting ready to go to college. So he came back to the states to go to college, um, but his entire childhood, primary, secondary school was spent in Kenya. Um, and like I said, it wasn't until him coming back to the U.S. to attend college as well. He came back. Um, But his family, his brothers and his sisters, they were born out in Kenya, um, still have been there today. Um, That's
0: within Nairobi. So, yeah. Gotcha. And and the reason I ask that question is, you know, sometimes like African parents who were born and raised in Africa, like I know I can speak specifically for Nigeria, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, We play soccer, more soccer than basketball, like most African countries. But it wasn't until, I think, it wasn't until Mikkel or one of those players signed, like, a $40 million contract. That was was when Nigerian parents were like, oh, okay, come. You said you like football, right? so just that dynamic right yes. so you could see uh most times it was parents who you know knew how the structure of the sports was right. abroad and you can't blame them right because parents want the best for their children right. probably because like in their immediate environment and there weren't people like you who are coming back home maybe in the early 90s to do, like basketball camps and things like that so they just want you to be a lawyer or a doctor or something right. like that besides your dad have you ever like had any resistance from maybe your mom or uncles or anyone else? Like, this basketball, this sports thing, what are you doing?
1: Never. And, um, you know, so my mom, born and raised, um, well, she was born in Georgia, raised in New York, so she's from the States. And, you know, I have my Kenyan side where my dad's side of the family, you know, they were born and raised in Kenya. And it's a great dynamic. Um, you know, I can never say that has ever been a point in time where they have not supported any endeavor um, that I brought to the table. Uh, and it may be rare nowadays, but, um, you know, I've, I haven't had that opportunity or I haven't had that experience where they're just like, you know what, Ty, you know, I don't think you should do this. I don't think that's going to work. I don't think this is, you know, I think this is a waste of time. I've never had that. They've always been super supportive of everything. And, uh, again, you know, I I'm greatly appreciative of that. And, you know, I think looking back, I'm sure my dad, particularly, things could have happened a little bit differently just because his upbringing, sports, wasn't pushed on upon him. You know, it was one of those extracurricular activities. You know, you go out there and play with your friends um, where, you know, for me, you know, seeing all the potential that I had, you know, I'm sure he wished, you know, we could have done more. We could have started early. You know, everything happens for a reason. You know, I'm still involved within the game. I'm still making an impact. I'm working with the youth. Um, so, you know, everything kind of coming to fruition where I'm still able to kind of use – you know my skills and my passion to make
0: an impact on other people. Gotcha, gotcha. So get into UDC. Tell me about your very first game. How was it? Just tell me what did you feel. Did you guys win?
1: Uh I remember. I remember our scrimmage. Um, I want to say we may have been at Dell State. Um,
0: wait, wait. What did you say? Your scrimmage? A scrimmage game. What's that?
1: Um, so it's like a friendly, like a preseason warm gotcha. up into the actual regular season game. So you may play you know, four to five games of the preseason as like a warm-up, okay. and then you actually jump into the regular season where, you know, you're looking at stats, wins, and losses. Gotcha. Um, so, you know, I, I remember being at Dell State, which is a Division one school, um, and I remember playing against the University of Maryland, which is a, a powerhouse, you know, here, um, nationally ranked, and, you know, just seeing the height difference between, you know, us, Division two and Division one and. You know, just kind of being out there and battling with some of these athletes that I've looked up to, that I've admired. Um, so it's one of those things where it's just like, you know, I want to go out there and have fun. And that's exactly what I did for my freshman year. And I want to say probably my freshman year was the best year of out of the, all four years there because I really had nothing to lose. You know, I was coming there, you know, the rookie, the new kid on the block, and, you know, just really kind of showcasing my skills and showing why it is up to be here on the scholarship. Uh, and I had a great time. Uh, you know, I'm happy to say that my junior year, we made it to the NCAA tournament. Nice. Um, played tennis as well while I was at UDC. My junior year, we made it to the Sweet Sixteen. Wow. Um, so just getting into my my undergrad career, as far as you know, academically and athletically, was you know I would say fairly successful.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. And while you were in UDC, you also got involved with a sorority, right?
1: Um. So it wasn't until after I graduated. So I actually uh, became a member of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority, Incorporated. Um, December um, 2017 on a okay. graduate level, okay. um, so it wasn't until after I graduated
0: from BC. So is Zeta Phi Beta, is that a graduate sorority or an mm-hmm. undergraduate sorority?
1: Um, so it's a sorority that's open to undergraduate students and also graduate students as well. Um, so depending on the nature of that student for whatever reason, they may not have that opportunity available or maybe it wasn't until after they graduated where they became interested in the sorority organization where they wanted to go ahead and you know kind of make that push towards becoming a member i'm so embarrassed but it's open to undergraduate and graduate students
0: right. mm-hmm. gotcha and this podcast is uh, listened to from a whole bunch of countries in Africa and all over the world also, but I just like touching on sororities with a couple of guests, just give people a sense of yeah. what that's about, because different countries, some people are like, why, why do people have all these Greek letters? <laughs> like, what does that mean exactly? So, can I explain what that was, what that meant? Like The general like sorority is uh, usually in uh, institutions of higher learning, mm-hmm. uh, where groups of people come together uh, to pursue a certain cause, but what is it about the Zeta Phi Beta uh, that attracted you to them and what's the mission and what they do?
1: Absolutely. Um, so the principles for Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated is a scholarship service, sisterhood, and final womanhood. And mm-hmm. the main reason why I became a member of that organization particularly is because their values and morals it stood for who I am as a person and what it is that I wanted to do and the impact that I wanted to make within my community. Um, I'm very big on community service. I'd love to get back on a local level and also on an international level. And they provided me with that platform to extend that even on a bigger platform. Um, so, yes, I had my network here, you know, before then. But now, you know, just now, even being a member, I have been able to touch and reach so many other members. Um, and, you know, just kind of broaden my horizons, you know, make a, a bigger impact than what I was able to do before. Um so in addition to that, you know, scholarship is very big. You know, we definitely have highly well educated scholars um that is doing amazing work, you know, within the sorority and outside of the sorority. And it just really, you know, big sisterhood, especially me being an only child. You know, I've never had that big sister, little sister connection with anyone. Um, so now just being a member, I've gained a whole bunch of sisters who challenge me, support me, encourage me. Um, they will me accountable. And that's, you know, especially being, you know, a woman, a black woman. And today, you know, that's always needed. You know, I'm very thankful um, for the sisterhood that we have within our
0: organization. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, let me touch back uh, on something in that statement. So you grew up an only child. Yes. And you grew up in New Jersey yes. as an only child. Did you get into any situation and you didn't have siblings to help you fight? Like, how was that like?
1: Um, Fun fact, I've never been in a fight before. Uh-huh.
0: Wait, 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 wait. You played basketball. I
1: have played basketball. And uh, you haven't been in a fight? I have never been in a fight. I have never thrown an arm, a shoulder. I mean, you haven't
0: been blocked hard, hard enough <laughs> to get into a fight.
1: You know, I've, I've, I've fallen down a couple of times, may have taken a, a elbow to the face here and there, but... Uh, Never had an altercation in my life. Um, I'm a very nonchalant sure type of person, especially with my demeanor. And um, you know, I'm definitely not one that's into having altercations or confrontation or anything like that. Like, I'm just very easygoing, um, and you know, I'm, I'm cool with everyone. Like I see, I'm. You ask anybody about it, like I'm cordial with so many people. I know so many people, and. I'm just a, a giver of good vibes. That's all i really say. Um, gotcha. So I'm just glad I've never been in a fight, never had to, you know, pull out my karate skills from back in the day. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hey. But I best believe if somebody does step to me,
0: um, I believe I will be prepared. <laughs> really? I mean you have no experience. What you gotta do? Are you gonna it? You go I to the
1: I'm I'm a very when it comes to sports, you know, I'm very competitive. You know, um I'm, I don't take L's lightly. Mm. Um, you know, I won't go out without a fight. So just having that mentality, I know, God forbid, if I were ever to get in that situation.
0: You have I'm the right. drive to finish yeah. the job. God's gotcha. got me
1: and I trust him. He's going to help me out. Okay, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you're kind of like a monk. Like you have all this skill, but you prefer not to get into confrontation. But if push comes to shove, hey, it's coming out. I'm ready. On a <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and pop Okay. Speaking of fights, uh, it's unfortunate. I don't know if you were able to catch a fight yesterday uh, with Joshua and Ruiz. Uh, oh, my goodness.
1: I, unfortunately, I did not. I fell asleep super early, but I saw the memes on Instagram. Oh I know goodness. people were disappointed. Oh they are like, goodness. how did this happen? Um, but no, unfortunately, I didn't really kind of tap too much into it. Um, but I know it's definitely unfortunate a lot of people were disappointed.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, a bunch of people. So Joshua has a Nigerian and British heritage. So yesterday, all the Nigerians were like denouncing. I'm like, dude, you're British now. <laughs> so it was unfortunate. Like how it went down. It's not just just the fact that Anthony Joshua lost, right? And this was supposed to be a build up to Deontay Wilder. And now he lost Ruiz, and people are making all these memes that to help with the summer body thing that that Ruiz is so big, <laughs> Ruiz has all this extra weight, and he still beat Anthony Joshua in the knockout. That doesn't make sense, you know. So boxing
1: is just one of those sports that I haven't really gotten into, and it's just I I respect them. You know, it's a sport. You know, mm-hmm. all the time and effort that they put into perfecting their craft oh, I, I just can
0: allow somebody to hit me yeah. on purpose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you seem to be like jack of all the trades, right? Because um, people I know that do multiple sports, they tend to stick to, if they are doing team sports, they do team sports. Uh, they do maybe football, basketball, baseball. And they are doing individual sports like tennis or swimming, they do individual sports. But you play tennis and also play basketball. You know, in a basketball game, like you have to rely on your team uh, five people acting as a unit, but in tennis, it's more or less like individual skills. so how do you go back and forth between and can you is there can you even explain the psyche what what it takes to compete in those two different kinds of sports out know playing tennis,
1: I think a lot of people neglect how tough of a sport it is you know they just see people hitting the ball back and forth but it takes a lot of agility um a lot of precision a lot of hand-eye coordination to really perfect that craft and um i probably was the most nervous playing tennis than i was actually being on the basketball court just because when i was playing singles i knew the points relied on me Mm -hmm. i know that i had to win the match in order for our team collectively to have an opportunity to win the entire game or the matching itself, um, so it's a lot of pressure. Um, but it's one of those things, you know. Once you step out on, you know, the court, once you step out on the field, you know, once you get in a flow, you know, everything just kind of comes natural. The nerves go away, and you're just out there, you know, playing and having fun. And that's what I've always enjoyed about playing sports. I've gone out there and had fun. Um, you know, some people they result into forms of art, say, result into music as far as their getaway, their therapeutic session, um, you know, a way for them to kind of get away from the noise. That's what sports brought for me. That was mm-hmm. my, my therapeutic session. That was just like, you know, no matter what's going on in the classroom, how much work I got to do, you know, I'm going to spend this hour or so, you know, on the court, on the field, just having fun and forgetting about everything else that's going on around me. Um, but definitely for sure, um, you know, trying to have a mixture of two. I'm very grateful for that because those qualities that I picked up for being an individual athlete playing tennis and being a team player playing basketball, those qualities have helped me to kind of grow and to be successful in my career, my 9 to 5.
0: Gotcha. And talking about your 9 to 5, that's also in the sports industry. That is correct, yes. So what, what exactly do you do? Um, what organization do you work with, and what was your job functioning? Yes,
1: yeah, so um, I work at Monumental Sports and Entertainment, which is Capital One Arena. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people are familiar with it because of the Washington Wizards, the Washington Capitals, the Washington Mystics. All of our franchise sports teams um, we do have a component within that company called Monumental Sports Network, and that's our digital platform. Um, so anything from exclusive content, behind-the-scenes footage of our players, of our teams. High school sports, that all comes within Monument Sports Network and I have the pleasure of being the manager of marketing. Um, so I oversee our marketing initiatives internal and externally. Uh, I also manage and supervise a part-time uh, staff of employees that work game days. Um, so I'm just having fun with it. You know, being in the sports industry I've met I've met some incredible people. Um, just a couple of days ago I met John Carlos uh, who, <laughs> amazing you know, just to kind of hear his testimony in regards to the protests and Olympics. And it's just like one of those things where it's just like, you know, just being in a room with those same people um, who have fought so hard to give us an opportunity um, as African-Americans, especially athletes. And, um, you know, sports in a world uh, is definitely, I've used this avenue as, you know, my way to make a difference and make an impact. You know, basketball is my platform or just sports in general where I'm able to, give back to the community, make a positive impact. um, I really help bring up the next generation after me.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. It's amazing to see that, you know, if I look at, your profile, or your background, like everything seems to be sport, sports related, where you went to school, where you currently work, the organizations you are affiliated with, uh, everything. And that connecting that to uh, Zeta Phi Beta um, and their mission. Uh, you're also interested in international development in some sense, especially in Kenya. And over the years, you've been doing. Engaging in some activity in Kenya. You want to talk about that real quick?
1: Yes, well, side note, let me tell you why I love my sorority so much huh? um, because they have been so supportive of my initiatives that I host in Kenya um, to the point where they actually decided to make the initiatives that I'm running out there the basketball camps and tournaments and sponsoring student athletes out there. Um, it's actually a part of one of our Z Hope, which is Z to help other people excel. Um, mm. it's our national program under the organization um, wow. so this allows members of our sorority to donate directly towards hustle hard global my nonprofit organization and um, to help the african community um so that in itself um uh, it's just again you know just ex- expanding my network you know connecting with people that have shown interest in what i'm doing in that support system which means a lot to me um so yeah and then i'm, I'm probably didn't answer a question but I just wanted to
0: throw that out there. <laughs> gotcha. 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 So when and um, just to to say that again, um you started Hustle Hard Global. Yes. First and foremost, why the name why do you pick that name Hustle Hard Global?
1: Uh, that's the, that's a mentality. Mm. Um, you know and actually that name in itself came from my business partner, my good friend of mine. Um, you know, we were just kind of throwing back and piggybacking names and she had mentioned Hustle Hard and I was just like, you know, I like it. Like, it's simple, but it's straight to the point. That's the type of mentality that I personally have. You know, I'm the type of person, I consider myself a hustler. I'm always grinding. Yeah. always, you know, making things happen for myself for other people. And it just sucks. And then, you know, attaching global to it just because, you know, we're an international organization. You know, we're touching different communities outside of Washington, D.C. It just made sense. And, um, you know, for sure, hustle hard. You know, it may sound cliche, but it, it really works. Yeah.
0: <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. And what, what's the aim of Hustle Heart Global? You, you guys go around, or oh, for now, you go back to Kenya, but what's the overall, overall vision for Hustle Heart Global?
1: Yeah, so our, our mission is really to use basketball as a tool to improve the well being of underprivileged youth in Kenya and throughout East Africa through our basketball teams, tournaments, and our scholarship fund. Um, so currently, we sponsor six student athletes. We pay out of pocket for their uh, for their high school um secondary tuition you pay for those fees you pay for the uniforms and the books just providing them an opportunity that they necessarily wouldn't have had prior gotcha. um, and that scholarship fund actually started because one of the young gentlemen that participated in one of our camps he came up to me and i'll never forget this his name's charles came up to me and said, Coach Ty, you know, I appreciate and love all that you're doing for us. I appreciate you coming to Kenya every year to supply these resources. I just wanted to let you know that unfortunately due to my family situation and our obligations, I've been out of school for X amount of time due to lack of funds. And that broke my heart, you know, to hear that, you know, this kid, he wanted nothing more just to be around his friends and to learn and to grow and to receive an education. And you know, of course you couldn't do that just based off the, the circumstances. Um so it was because of him why we started the scholarship fund. And I'm happy to say that he has a full ride, um, so he's covered through the remainder of the year and throughout the rest of his high school career, you know, due to you know, us just kind of finding a resolution, you know, and making you know, making that, that impact for him.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. And and it's, it's amazing, you know, you do things like that. It just goes to show that uh, the opportunities that some of us might take for granted, um, either being uh, African diaspora here in the U.S. or even if you're not from Africa, um, some of the things you take for granted, something as little as um, education, and some people don't have the opportunity to engage in that. And looking at you, you know, a young lady uh, who just finished a master's, what, a year ago? Two
1: years,
0: Two years ago. And who's already making that impact it's not like you know you're i don't know fred smith or some billionaire <laughs> but in your only two way uh, you're making impact for some kids thousands of miles away just goes to show that uh, you can in your only two way give back and put a smile on someone's face and when i saw your brand or your organization possible global it made me think of the globe for for some reason cuz I think in the 50s, in the 60s, mid 60s, 70s, the Globetrotters were, they embarked on a lot of like diplomatic trips abroad and they were e- engaging in something called basketball diplomacy. And, you know, they were, you know, meeting with, what, Gorbachev and some of all these other world leaders. And through the game of basketball, I mean, I think even the, the Globetrotters, I think, went to North Korea, like two years ago or three okay. years ago to meet Kim Jong-un. and. Just because of basketball, imagine, but you're kind of using that model, but you're using it for development, mm-hmm. not necessarily diplomacy. It's just amazing to see. That. If within the span of how long has Hustle Hard been around?
1: We are actually heading into year five.
0: Wow. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So you started early. We
1: started 2014. So yeah, this is year five, September, actually, year five
0: for us. Wow. Yeah. So, so within the span of five years, you've touched 500 students, athletes, you're also... Um, sponsoring people through scholarships. Mm-hmm. So that means you're yeah, not just interested in what goes on on the court, you're also interested in what goes on off the court. Absolutely. So do you guys also try to impact, like, I don't know, life lessons on these kids, and maybe yes. partner with other people to, like, uh, help them, you know, navigate being a teenager, things like that, or some kind of financial literacy. What other things do you guys do besides um, basketball?
1: Absolutely. So actually every year... Within our camp, we actually have a life skills session. Um, because we have boys and girls, we make sure that they're age appropriate. We make sure that they are related to their current situation and where they are in life, um, especially to the young ladies and young females that we have. You know, whether that be you know dating, you know whether that talking about sex, you know whether that's talking about them hygiene, you know all those different topics that may arise just being a young lady. Um, those are conversations that we dive into and discuss. We have open dialogue. Um, We oftentimes will partner with the school, some of the teachers there, or we do have actually trainers who will go ahead and initiate and kind of work on that training session for us. And we have that dialogue. So outside of basketball, we want to make sure that, you know, not only are they equipped with those resources, but they also have, you know, some fundamental skills and assets and also an idea, you know, what, what's really going on in the outside world and some of the stuff that they may face or, you know, that she will face coming, you know, down the line. Um, so, you know, bullying, we talked about, you know, alcohol um, and drug usage, you know, all those conversations and all those things that they're probably already exposed to. And, you know, what to do, you know, if you come in a situation where it is, you know, what do you do? You know, how do you handle it? Who do you talk to? Um, so that's a big component of our camp, something that we definitely look forward to. Um and again, like for us it's it's always bigger than basketball. Um, education is, you know, kind of our primary focus, which is why we have a scholarship plan. Um but yeah, just wanted to make sure that you know we're covering all those bases.
0: Amazing, amazing. And just to touch on your um that particular event you hold every year, um someone might be listening who has um cousins, children back home, someone might be listening from Kenya. Do you hold it during a specific time? How they reach out to you? How they know uh, the next one coming up? Do you want to drop some details? Yeah, absolutely. So every
1: year in December, um, we go back to Kenya. Um, we host our two-day basketball camp, and we also host a one-day tournament for all girls um, to give them a platform where they can go ahead and showcase their skills. Because primarily sports are, you know, men or boy-driven. Um, so we want to have something like, hey, this is for you. You know, show out, show your skills. And the, the beautiful thing about that basketball tournament itself, most of the attendees and audience are boys and, and men. You know, so to have that support from them, um, it's just phenomenal. Um, but, yeah, every December, we're in Kenya, primarily that second, that third week before the holiday breaks in. Um, mm. So we can make sure everyone's there with us. Um, we are in Kenya every year, hosting basketball camp, hosting our tournaments. Uh, me spending time with my family. Um, But in addition to that, we do a couple of events here in D.C. as well to prepare for our arrival in December. Um, So this year we actually will be hosting our third annual charity celebrity basketball event, which will take place in November.
0: Celebrity basketball. Yes. Interesting.
1: And um, again, this event is to, you know, raise funds for our initiatives in Kenya. Um, Last month I hosted our first pop-up shop. Um, We recently launched new branded T-shirts, Hustle Hard.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's too bad we don't have videos to capture that. I but we'll time.
1: We're going to post them.
0: Yeah, we can probably put <laughs> some up on our Instagram handle and things like that so people can see how beautiful it is.
1: Thank you, absolutely. Um, through those shirts and the lawn, you know, we were able to sell um, the shirts. The revenue came in, it was great. We were able to use that money to sponsor additional kids throughout our scholarship program. Um, so I wanted to make sure that, because I've been in DC for 10 years now, I want to make sure that we're touching the DC community as well getting them involved with what we're doing, Um, and then also making sure that, you know, we're taking care of home in Kenya as well to make sure that we can continue to move forward with our efforts. Uh, Because just like any other nonprofit, you know, especially within the first couple of years, most of that planning is coming out of pocket. Um, So you want to make sure that, you know, you are bringing in money so that can, you know, create some financial relief, you know, off of me. So we're, we're hosting these events to make sure that, you know, we can put money, you know, within our nonprofit organization to support, all of our initiatives that we're doing. Um, you know, you think about just flying to Kenya. You know, a flight in itself could be between 700 and and $1,000. Gotcha. You think about how much it takes to ship items there. Yeah. You know, so that in the loan is very costly. Uh, but because I'm so passionate and literally this is my baby, you know, I have no problem, you know, spending my own funds to make sure that every year this is something that we make sure that happens.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. And I'll definitely, uh, now that I have, Gotten to meet you yeah. <laughs> i 've had the pleasure of meeting you. I, I hope to in my only two way also participate in some of your future events. Help out in any way I can. I don't know if I have the voice to be a sports commentator, but, <laughs> <laughs> but we can we can maybe work something out, whether locally or internationally. And hopefully uh, this podcast, in its own little way, can have people reaching out to you, following you on Instagram. Um, I, I, I guess Hustle Hard Global? On Hustle
1: Heart Global Instagram. is our handle on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook, Hustle Heart Global. My mm-hmm. um, personal account, if you have any direct questions that you would like to ask me. Um, my Instagram handle is at ms underscore athletic one five, which is the number 15. And um, Facebook, I'm um, going find me under my name, Tade
0: Abilla. Gotcha.
1: A B I L L A.
0: Yeah, I was I was gonna ask you to spell that because <laughs> when you say Tade, some people might have be, been okay. T-A-D-E. A <laughs> D. I,
1: I wouldn't dare do that.
0: <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And um, what what do you have next? I mean, you, you've talked about what you're having in, in December, but what do you want to do kind of like long-term? What do you see yourself doing 10 years from now?
1: Long-term, I definitely see um, an athletic facility, um, recreational mm. facility built, fully operating, staffed, um, and just progressing in Kenya. Um, that's something I would love to do for Kenyan community there. So that's a long-term goal that I have. Um, and just gives opportunity for a safe space where people come indoor, outdoor sporting activities, where they can have study halls, after school sessions, life skill sessions. Um, and not only that, but it creates a job opportunity as well for those within the community. Um, something else that I envision seeing happening in the next couple of years is our expansion into other East African countries, probably particularly Tanzania, Rwanda, Uganda, just because they're next door. And I'm just building that connection and collaboration with them. Um, right now in Kenya, we pretty much have our foundation laid out where if I were not to physically be there every December, I know we can still fully operate and function um, without me. Um, so, you know, just kind of moving forward and making sure that we can provide these opportunities that we provide for the Kenyan community, for other um, children and youth in other countries as well. Oh okay
0: good 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 and it's so so good to you know get to talk to you and hopefully you know you come back um for a second interview sometime in the future um and but before we leave um I kind of thought about how I can make episodes uh, more spontaneous and interactive so I came up with this Set of questions. Oh, uh, okay. Yep, That's yep. <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna call it yet. I don't know what what I decided I wanted to call it the End Game, but I don't know if uh, Disney will probably sue me or something. <laughs> but maybe we'll call it the End Game for now, or the Culture Game, or whatever. Just to you know have a feel of our guest and you know inform our listeners of one or two things they might not know. Okay. So are you ready to play the End Game I, today?
1: I have choice but to be ready.
0: Okay, let's go. Let's, let's go. Do it. So, first question. Do you know what the Kenyan national anthem is called? That's a tough one.
1: Oh my gosh. Um, I do not. Um I, I don't I barely know Swahili and I'm ashamed to say that. Um, but I unfortunately don't know
0: that answer. <laughs> Well, I mean, you're not alone. I don't know it either. I had to Google it.
1: So <laughs> how <laughs> yeah, you know some of these hard questions
0: off the bat? No, no. I mean, it's you go with the hard one first. The, the remaining are, are not that hard. Yeah, i mean,
1: easy
0: ones. Well, yeah, I, I went on Wikipedia, and the Kenyan national anthem is called Imungu Nguvu Yetu, which okay. translates to O oh God of Creation. Okay. Uh, it was written by Graham Hillslop and a whole bunch of people in 1963. So, um, yeah, if that's something... learn
1: uh, something new every day. I appreciate right. you
0: for that. I know, right? <laughs> no, I mean, a lot of people know how to sing the national anthem, but they don't actually know what national anthem is called.
1: And now I'm going to look into it to make sure that I
0: know what Yeah, here we go, here we go. That's yeah,
1: homework
0: time. <laughs> I say you speak just a little bit of Swahili, but are there any other languages uh, you know how to speak? This is not a question, so
1: <laughs> you so can relax. I so maybe like four years of Spanish and... My Spanish is not up there. Very much quite The amount of Spanish I know is probably the amount of Swahili that I know, unfortunately. Um, you know, you spent all that time in school, you know, studying the language, and for some reason, it just did not stick. You know, it's kind of one of those things where you're doing what you need to do to get that A or that B. Gotcha. <laughs> and it just never retained. Um, gotcha. But outside of Swahili, I, I've done uh,
0: a few courses or a couple of years with the Spanish too. Gotcha. Uh, anyway, in the words of uh, who said this? Was he Yao Ming? I'm not sure who said it, but it was like Duncan ain't no language. or well, everyone understands Donkey. <laughs> <so. laughs> <laughs> Good.
1: I can see him or probably somebody saying that.
0: <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. M J or LeBron. M J. Really? Yes. It's interesting for someone in your generation to say that. Why?
1: Um, I think my generation, my time frame. I'm a more so like a MJ Allen Iverson generational
0: period. Is that because Iverson went to Georgetown?
1: Has nothing to do with that, but that is a great correlation right there. Um, no, I've just always been a fan. I'm a, a UNC Tar Heels fan. Mm. Um, that's college basketball all day over the NBA. <laughs> um, but yeah, just that's where I have grown up watching. Just Michael Jordan, and then you know I would say one of my favorite players is Allen Iverson. So between those two. Um, especially just being a point guard and in general, um, mm. just within my role, uh, within the sport. Those were definitely two key plays that I, I looked up to, um, just kind of within the game itself. I had so much respect for LeBron. I met him personally. He's a great person. Um, but? But, you know, like I said, just kind of my time period. You know, I was born in 1991, um, kind of within that time frame. You know, it was all about Michael Jordan. It was all mm-hmm. about Alan Iverson. And, um, you know, that's what I grew up watching, so.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Okay.
1: But, yeah, okay. LeBron, he's a, he's a beast. I, I have nothing bad to say about him. Um, yeah. he's so cool.
0: <laughs> Okay. Okay. And uh, what countries would you like to visit and why? Or what cities would you like to visit sometime in the future? Ah, wow. yeah.
1: Countries, well, Ghana is definitely on my list. Mm. Actually, I just want to get over to West Africa, period. I want to go to Ghana. I want to go to Nigeria. I want to go to Morocco. Um, I've actually been fortunate enough to, you know, go to, what was I guess recently? I was in Rome, uh, I spent some time wow. out there last year. Um, so I love to travel, you know, I've been to Dubai, uh, and Indonesia, but I definitely want to get to West Africa. Um, so various countries over on that and you know, my list of places to travel, um, Thailand is on my list as well. And I'll actually be fortunate enough to travel there in January, 2020.
0: Gotcha. Yes. Oh, okay. interesting. So you've been to Dubai, Indonesia. Yes. Oh, yes. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Technically, the globetrotter mentality is set <laughs> in. Hopefully, you can get to push hustle hard to some of these countries sometime you know, in the future. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm always
1: down for a trip. You know, every time I go to Kenya, um, for me, it's a life-changing experience. So mm-hmm. I can only imagine traveling to these other countries and kind of indulging in that culture, what that would be like for me. And I'm um, just looking forward to it.
0: Gotcha. Know? Last question, if you could recommend someone to be on this podcast, who would it be? Oh,
1: that's a a tough question. Maybe
0: someone local you think has an interesting story that fits the theme of the whole culture and is doing something interesting.
1: Yeah, I know so many heavy hitters and change agents in this area, but I remember you mentioning fashion, Uh, Mm -hmm. I think before you even got started. Actually, my best friend is a model within the DMV. She's from Senegal. Um, She has a great background story. She works within HR. Um, She's a heavy hitter. And um, she definitely has an interesting story, something, a story that's worth telling and sharing with other people, especially how she got her start. Um, Just especially her transition from coming from Senegal to the U.S. and what that looked like. And, Mm -hmm. you know, as you can only imagine, you know, coming to the U.S. as a kid, you know, fun of, the bullying, and, you know, really trying to, Build that confidence within yourself uh, to really kind of move forward and kind of push that noise to the side. But uh, she has a credible story. Uh, her name is Ida Gay. Ida? Ida Gay, yes. Gotcha. And um, definitely would love to share her contact information with you, but I think she would be perfect uh, for the podcast. Yes, yes, absolutely. Okay. Very cultured, very, she's great. Right. Okay.
0: That's okay. <laughs> we'll get Ida Gay on the podcast yeah, really so soon. Let's get it. Let's get it here. here. <laughs> thank you very much for coming today. And uh, of course, like I said, Sportscaster. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, <just> <laughs>
0: next event. Uh we will continue to uh follow up with you and you know bring you back, you know, sometime in the future. Uh thank you everyone for listening. And I think I have to shout out someone in Ireland. I don't know who that is, but <laughs> every single time five minutes after I post up uh, an episode someone in Dublin downloads the episode. I don't really? know who that is. Um okay. but well, I'm a firm believer and support those who support you.
1: So shout out to whoever is in our
0: whoever area. it is, please send me an email. It's <laughs> cultureclasspodcast at gmail.com. I would love to know how you got to know about the podcast, what you like about it. Uh let me know. To everyone else uh in all the countries Nigeria, Ghana, Kenya, DC, Germany, uh, wherever you are, um Netherlands, thank you for listening and follow us on social media as Culture Class Podcast Everywhere except Twitter. Uh Twitter is culture class pod. And please follow Hustle Hat Global on um, Instagram also and Miss underscore athletic fifteen. That's MS underscore athletic fifteen. So you can talk to Taddy and she can tell you how you can participate in some of our programs. So you should definitely go to Ghana. I was there last summer, and oh it's amazing. Gosh. I can't imagine.
1: It's amazing. I've heard
0: about the great
1: things.
0: Exactly. But <laughs> if you go to Nigeria and end up going to Ghana, just be careful. You know, the Jell-Off thing is right, still you know, a I thing. Even,
1: I don't even want to get in that conversation. <laughs> I, I know better. I know better. Gotcha. <laughs>
0: gotcha. All right, guys. See you guys later. This is Culture Class Podcast.
1: Thank you.